welcome back to The Shaping of the Modern World. I'm Stephen Remy. I'm a professor of history at Brooklyn College of the City University of New York. This podcast series supports my course, The Shaping of the Modern World. In this episode, Reckoning with History, Part 2, Black Lives Matter as a Global Phenomenon. We start today's episode in Lagos, the capital city of Nigeria, Africa's most populous nation. In October, mostly young Nigerians rose up in mass protests against the government, specifically against police brutality and the existence of a police unit called the Special Anti-Robbery Squad, or SARS. But the protests revealed more than anger about police brutality. They reflected widespread frustration and anger, especially among young Nigerians, at corruption and bad governance. You can follow some of the protesters' activities on the Twitter hashtag #EndSARS. The state's response was a mixture of promises of reform and the disbanding of SARS, and a violent crackdown and an attempt to ban public protests in Lagos. On the night of October 20th, police and soldiers fired on protesters in a suburb of the city. It's unclear how many people were killed. The human rights organization Amnesty International reported at least 12 dead. A local DJ reported seeing at least 15 bodies before they were taken away by police or soldiers. Black Lives Matter in the U.S. has been an inspiration to many young protesters. And like much of Africa today, Nigeria is a very young country. The median age is 18, though it is governed by older and often wealthy men. As in the U.S., a catalyst for end SARS was a video of police brutality. And as with the Arab Spring and also Black Lives Matter, cell phones and social media have been powerful tools in organizing and confronting the state. Not surprisingly, some powerful Nigerian politicians have demanded that social media platforms be censored. And also like Black Lives Matter, and SARS has no single leader. Black Lives Matter was created by three African-American activists in 2013 in response to the acquittal of a man who had shot and killed Trayvon Martin, a 17-year-old black boy. The movement expanded nationally and internationally the following year after police in Ferguson, Missouri shot and killed Michael Brown, an 18-year-old African-American. Black Lives Matter chapters and protests spread across the U.S. and abroad, in Canada, Japan, the Netherlands, Germany, France, and the United Kingdom. More police killings of African-Americans in the spring of 2020 had the same effect, nationally and globally. It was the murder of George Floyd in public by a white police officer in Minneapolis on May 25, 2020, that sparked the single greatest surge in global anti-racist activism in history. Black Lives Matter does not have a single leader or one center of leadership. It is based in the U.S., but its influence is global, as the protests in Nigeria make clear. The focus of Black Lives Matter protests and organizing has been police brutality against black Americans, and that issue has been the single most important one in drawing people, black and white and mostly young, to 
public protests around the country. And one thing should be made clear. It is a fact that the vast majority of Black Lives Matter public protests have been peaceful on the side of the demonstrators. But many Black Lives Matter or Black Lives Matter inspired activists have a broader agenda. Here's how its website puts it. And I'm quoting the Black Lives Matter website. Black Lives Matter is a movement to eradicate white supremacy and build local power to intervene in violence inflicted on black communities by the state and vigilantes. We are working for a world where black lives are no longer systematically targeted for demise. This broader agenda can be seen in protest movements in other parts of the world. In the case of Nigeria, Police brutality is a central concern, but more generally, there is the expression of young Nigerians to have a greater say in how the country is governed. They are, after all, its future. Black Lives Matter's transnational connections are nothing new, as one of the movement's founders pointed out in a speech to the United Nations General Assembly in 2016. In her speech, Opal Tometi noted that Black Lives Matter was part of a longer global heritage. It was, and here I'm quoting Opal Tometi, following in the footsteps of many courageous civil and human rights defenders that came before. The struggle for the freedom, civil rights, lives, and dignity of black people has indeed long been a global phenomenon. Black and white activists transformed the abolitionist movement into a transatlantic movement. The late 1800s and early 1900s saw the emergence of the Pan-African movement. Pan-Africanism is an international movement that mobilized in the late 1800s in response to the rapid colonization of nearly all of the African continent by a small number of European states. Its purpose was to promote unity among Africans in opposition to colonization. In a famous speech to the first meeting of the Pan-African Conference in London in 1900, the American scholar and activist W.E.B. Du Bois argued that the world was now divided along what he called the color line. Du Bois had already written about the white side of this line and was among the first to articulate whiteness as an identity and political ideology. His conception of a world divided in two also implied the need for solidarity among the world's non-white peoples, wherever they were. The Pan-African Conference was followed up with the first meeting of the Pan-African Congress in Paris in 1919. It took up the cause of anti-colonialism and then, after decolonization, the problems facing Africa as a result of colonial rule. The most recent meeting took place in 2014 in South Africa. In the 1920s and 1930s, black American civil rights activists encouraged transnational solidarities. And these transnational solidarities were encouraged by a small number of victories in colonial revolts and wars in the Caribbean, Africa, and Asia from the late 1800s to the 1940s. The Caribbean was the site of a number of major slave revolts in the late 1700s and early 1800s, most famously the revolt that led to the creation of the Republic of Haiti. 
I pointed out in an earlier episode that armed conflicts over empires spread around the world during this period, especially after about the mid-19th century. In most of these conflicts, the imperial states prevailed, but armies of colonial subjects also won some very significant victories. One of the most important of these victories took place in Ethiopia in 1896, when Ethiopian forces decimated an, an invading Italian army at the Battle of Adua. The victory of Japanese forces against Imperial Russian forces in 1905 marked another symbolic milestone. Of course, Japan was not a colony. In fact, it was itself an imperial power. But it was not a Western state, and it had never been colonized, and it had built a modern economy and, obviously, a powerful military. An internationalist vision of black liberation was also encouraged by the participation of millions of colonial subjects in World War I and World War II. Included in that category was the United States. The service and sacrifices of black Americans in both wars, especially the Second World War, played an important role in launching the post-war civil rights movement of the 1950s and 1960s. And the American civil rights movement had a strong internationalist outlook. The principal leaders of the post-World War II civil rights movement, notably Martin Luther King and Coretta Scott King, worked to connect with people of color around the world. You'll recall that as a result of the outcome of World War II in Europe and Asia, Africa and Asia decolonized. In 1957, Martin Luther King, Coretta Scott King, and other American activists and artists visited the West African nation of Ghana, one of the first African states to become independent. Ghana became an important site for developing a post-colonial pan-African identity, one that demanded an end to colonialism everywhere. And of course, it was the Indian anti-colonial leader Mohandas Gandhi who inspired a good part of Martin Luther King's approach to civil rights activism. Other activists took a similarly internationalist approach, some of them well-known today, like Malcolm X. In 1964, Malcolm X spent six months traveling in West Africa. He also made the Hajj, or the pilgrimage, to Mecca. When he got back to the U.S., he founded the Organization of Afro-American Unity, which he envisioned linking all peoples of African descent in the Western Hemisphere and then across the Atlantic to Africa. Another group that developed a global profile was the Black Panther Party which was established in Los Angeles in 1966 in response to police brutality against African-Americans. The Black Panther Party's work and influence was not limited to the U.S. It had chapters in Algeria and London and connections to activists in Cuba, India, Israel, and New Zealand. Ending the system of apartheid in South Africa became another international cause for American black activists from the 1960s to the early 1990s. So Black Lives Matter is part of this long tradition of international solidarity and resistance. As Patrice Cullors, one of Black Lives Matter's founders put it recently, and I'm quoting, the entire world is saying 
Black Lives Matter. Opal Tometi has also recently observed that, quote, we see these rallies in solidarity emerging all over the globe, and I have friends texting me with their images in France and the Netherlands and Costa Rica. Her words were echoed recently by the poet Saidu Tejan Thomas Jr. He's the host of a terrific new podcast series called Resistance, in which he charts the global movement for black lives from Nebraska to Lagos, Nigeria. So he gets the last word today. And here I'm quoting the poet Saidu Tejan Thomas Jr. The movement for black lives is a global movement, and it's been happening in one way or another all over the world. Wherever there are black people, there is a fight. I think in Nigeria, what we're seeing is a really surprising swell of young folks who are trying to determine the future of their country and really take that into their hands. That's all for today. Be well and take care of each other.